Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation features lightweight construction that provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. Experience unlined perfection with the nearly undetectable Invisible Lift Demi Bra, or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44, that's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims, delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you can always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time. Not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Katie's Crib, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Having a kid is so fucking hard. I mean, one day I was like losing my mind. My daughter was very, very upset. She was screaming. She headbutted me in the face. And then 30 <laughs> minutes later, she was playing in a fountain and watching her. It was like, I've never felt such joy. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Katie's Crib. Wow. It is shockingly about that time again. That's right. This is the season five finale of Katie's Crib. And I'm in shock because I can't believe it's been five seasons. And really, I'm just so freaking grateful and want to say thank you to you all for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you with all of my heart. 2022 was a absolutely wild year. I've got two kids that are like just not babies anymore. They're growing up. They're asking the hard questions. They're becoming little humans themselves. And thanks to Katie's crib, I get to take out all my questions (laughs) and concerns and thoughts here on this podcast with all of you and all of our amazing experts and mamas who are experiencing similar things to just come on, be together, and help me learn what the heck I am doing. My Katie's Crib community has been such a source of inspiration and support this year. And you know what else is hilarious and what I love so much about all of you listeners is that for all the people who come up to me and fans of Scandal and Inventing Anna fans and all of that, it's really the Katie's Crib listeners that I feel the most (laughs) connected to and just find myself laugh crying in the streets. Katie's Crib people will come up to me and be like, "Ah, ah, ah, great, great, great. Yeah, fine. Scandal Inventing Anna. No, really? Katie's Crib is what's gotten me through some of the most difficult, challenging and rewarding and hard times of my life. And I find myself just hugging and I get it. I feel like we're all in this together and I'm truly just so appreciative. It means so much to me how you all continue to tune in every week. You're all awesome. Thank you. Now to wrap season five up, the guest that I have here for you all today is the one and only Rachel Bloom. 
Rachel Bloom, I have been such a fan of her since she came onto the scene in her show, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I think she's a force. And when I saw on her Instagram that she was pregnant and sharing and all of that, I was like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, we've got to get her on Katie's crib. She's a great guest, and I'm so happy to have her as the season five finale. She talks about the experience of giving birth around the same time that a dear friend of hers died due to COVID-19 and how that affected her entire experience. She talks about her breastfeeding journey, how her daughter's style of breastfeeding, she actually calls it a piranha, which I can definitely relate to. She talks about how parenting is like living in New York, how it's got, you know, all those highs and all those lows, and also how her daughter once headbutted her in the face. (laughs) So... It's a very enjoyable episode. If you don't know who Rachel Bloom is, she's an actress, comedian, writer, singer, songwriter, and producer. She's best known for co-creating and starring as Rebecca Bunch in the CW musical comedy drama series Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. She's received numerous awards, including a Golden Globe Award and a TCA Award and the Critics' Choice Television Award and a Primetime Emmy. She was featured in Trolls World Tour opposite Anna Kendrick and Justin Timberlake. Her other feature voiceover credits include Columbia Pictures' Angry Birds 2, Warner Brothers Animations' Batman vs. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Netflix's Extinct. In 2015, Rachel married actor, comedian, and writer Dan Greger. In 2020, she gave birth to her first child. Rachel, welcome to Katie's Crib. I'm a fan. Like, I'm a real fan of yours. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Likewise. I just think you're the shit. And I don't know if you remember this, but one time, like a night before fancy Hollywood bullshit party that's really fun. Uh-huh. It's actually the most fun one because it's the night before party. I think it's the night before the Emmys. We were crossing each other's paths on the way in or out of the bathroom. And I don't know if I said at the time that I just think you're so fucking wildly talented. Please, let, did I? So a couple things happened that night that might have blocked this out, which is one of my agents basically convinced my husband to be okay with having a kid. Like he made my husband cry at this party. Uh, That's big. And then, <laughs> yes. And then I think this was a party where I was smoking a cigarette, which I rarely do, but I was like, fuck it. And Mandy Patinkin told me to stop. I think that was maybe this one. So there were things that happened at this this party because it was the only time I went that might have blocked out your kind words from my memory. Well, if there was ever going to be a thing, let it be both of those. And also, I'm here to tell you now, I'm a massive fan. And thank you. That party is insane. Like it's just really wonderful because it's where actors feel. We get gussied up and there's good food. Like my husband just is obsessed because there's like a lobster roll bar and he just like sits and eats all fucking night long. But it's like uh, I do think everyone feels a little bit more comfortable to like smoke a cigarette or whatever because there isn't like a roaming photographer or it just feels right. like a little bit. I don't know if you could say safer, but it just feels I've had like I had the fortunate um we got to go with Scandal for a bunch of years and it was just like always like where I could fan out the most because I'm such a TV head. Like I I don't really understand movies or care that much about them, but I fucking love television and I always have. And so when I get to go to that party, I'm like, it's every cast that I love, including Rachel Bloom, Um, who we have so many friends in common. I'm just so glad to have you on. But actually this night before Hollywood shenanigan story Brings me to my first question, which is, you gave birth to your child during COVID at the same time a close, close friend of yours passed away due to COVID. And I think it's really weird that the same, a party where someone told you not to smoke, maybe so that you wouldn't (laughs) die, is the same night that your husband decided that you may have kids. And I just think that when you become a mom, it's like death thoughts all the time. And I can't even, and and that's coming from someone who didn't have a good friend die of COVID. So explain to me, do you have this cyclical (laughs) life death thoughts all the time like I do? (laughs) Uh, I do. And I'm actually, I've been, I'm working on a live show that I hope to be a film special, literally about that, which is the experience of giving birth. I gave birth late March 
2020, the night I gave birth, I found out Adam was sick. I didn't know Adam was sick. Um, and then he basically died the day after we took her home from the hospital because she was also in the NICU. And so it was this huge wallop of, uh, death and sickness awareness at once. And a big question and what the show I'm working on is about how do I live my life knowing that death is real, knowing I always knew death was real, but like knowing, you know, like on a heart level that death is real and can come anytime, but also not having it paralyze me. And it was, yeah, it, it, uh, I mean, it was extremely traumatic. It was extremely formative. Uh, and it's funny, I talked to other moms who give who gave birth during this time, but because things were changing so much, if you gave birth between like mid-March 2020 and like June 2020, your experience might not be the same as as someone else. Like, so for instance, there were fathers banned from delivery rooms, and I actually got induced. Uh my doctor basically was like, look. We don't know what is going to happen. If the hospitals here are anything like New York, we are going to get inundated with patients. So I want to get you in and out of the hospital as quick as possible. Now, what ended up happening was unrelated to me getting induced, my daughter was in the NICU. She ended up staying in the hospital for five more days. And I was, I was really kind of freaking out because COVID was ramping up. And by then I knew Adam was sick and it was really, it was so weird. They still didn't have us masking in the NICU. It's really weird. So, so when, when I gave birth, it was so early in COVID, I wore a mask into the hospital. It was my first time wearing a mask anywhere. I took off my mask the second we got to the maternity floor. I wasn't masked when I gave birth. Uh, when, when my daughter was in the NICU, I didn't have to wear a mask. I had to wash my hands. It was the hand washing thing. Uh-huh. So I, I didn't wear a mask around my daughter, but I had to like do the whole scrub, scrub, scrub your thumbs, scrub your wrists thing. And then my husband and I couldn't be in the NICU at the same time. That was the COVID regulation that came in. And then by the time we left the hospital, but my daughter was still in the NICU, my husband could not go back in the hospital, period. So my husband didn't see my daughter for... Until she got home. For, for, yeah, until she got home. I just like, uh, there's so much death around us and it's really hard to like buy in and you got to start and I got my start with my baby too. Like, you know, I had the experience where I was waiting in line with pregnant women, like praying for someone to give us a vaccine and my OB oh, God. because it wasn't the vaccines weren't being, uh, pregnant women were not considered high risk yet, um, in terms of people who were allowed to get vaccinated. And it started to get out that, oh my gosh, if you could get a vaccine, that might help your baby not get COVID. I mean, all (laughs) just, anyway, we have, we are all at this moment living to tell this story and it's It's just traumatic. I I think what we're all realizing too, is that the past 20, 30 years where there was no pandemic was kind of an anomaly that more of human history than not are war and pandemics. So I think that we're especially shocked because when you don't have hardship and you're in a period of relative like economic boom and safety, to be sincere about things is not cool. You want to like talk about the fucking darkest shit and that's not the way life is anymore. Things have cycled back to, I mean, chaos, which seems to be the stasis more often than not. Yeah, I think we were all like someone came over my house for July 4th and she was like, oh, I'm just realizing like it was like it was all a lie. <laughs> but we were like living in it for so long. I mean, I definitely was. But Uh, To your point, like Shonda Rhimes, when she did Scandal, I mean, she's been on record saying like, you know, I don't know how long Scandal would have lasted, but she was the one she made the decision that the show was ending and there were no more stories to tell. But it was because she's saying, you know, political shows really do well and exist when the lights are on uh, in 
DC. And when uh, things seem, you know, like if you look at when West Wing was on. Or uh, I was just about to say West Wing being a liberal wet dream, right? Exactly. And same with Scandal. She was like the minute the world went a different direction, she and all of a sudden it seemed like the DC we were telling about was not even close to as bad as what was really going on. It just didn't seem right. fun anymore. Um, now. Talking about your husband, going back to that point, did he not always want to be a parent and someone convinced him at that party? And did you always want to be a parent? (laughs) Look, it was a process. He wasn't totally convinced at that party. So my husband and I have been together almost 14 years. And so we talked about kids a lot. We were always talking about kids. I have an actually an old AOL IM conversation from when we were just friends because we've known each other for like 17, 18 years. And so we were having an IM conversation. I like went, I went and a while ago printed out all of our old AOL conversations. And I'm so glad I did in some of our old G chats. And we have like an early conversation where we were just friends talking about like baby names. I don't know why. It was just, it was so random. And I was fully not dating him. In fact, I was dating one of his friends. So it makes no <laughs> sense. But um classic. My yeah, my husband, he wasn't like never, never, but he's like, I'm edging towards no, I could be convinced. You'd have to like really convince me. And I was mildly on the side of yes, but it wasn't part of my kind of future identity. I wasn't like, I want to be a mom. It was just, it was more of a, I think I want that for myself someday, but you could also convince me no. So we both kind of always saw both sides. I was more positive. He was more negative, but we were kind of in that middle road and then he kind of stayed where he was. I got a little more, I want this, I want this, I want this, as frankly, I felt my biological clock kick, kick in. And also, Crazy X was a, a majority mom's writer's room. My writing partner, Aline, is 20 years older than I am. She has two uh, now grown kids. And so I spent, I started to spend a lot of time practically with moms in the workplace and seeing, no, 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 you you keep your identity while also having kids. And I hadn't, I just hadn't worked with moms much. And so that was also, it was definitely a factor. And I don't know, I, I got him on board and then I got pregnant right away. He thought we'd be having fun trying for six months. I got pregnant on the first cycle. Poor guy. Um, <laughs> and then he found out he, we were having a girl and he was that really helped. He really wanted a girl um, for many reasons. And, you know, he wasn't wrong. It's really fucking hard. Like we were both right. I was right that I wanted to feel that love and have that, have that experience. And he was right that it was going to change our fundamental dynamic in our lives and be really hard. We were both right. It's both things. And it's why I think a lot of people who have kids suddenly become those people who are like, everyone has to have kids. Are you not having kids? Why aren't you having kids? And I think there's a little death protest too much in that because I think it's maybe pe- the people who do that, either they really, really love their kids and they want it for everyone or that's not it. they're <laughs> trying to continue to tell themselves a story that like, yes, having this was the right thing to do and everyone needs to do this. I never tell anyone to have a kid, but I'm trying to put myself in that person's shoes where if I was trying yeah. to bark at someone to like not miss that boat. It's because I'm praying that when I get to the end of my life and I can really look at it, whenever that is, in that split second, I will have said, I'm so grateful I made that choice. I'm so grateful I Uh was a mom to somebody. I'm like you. I see all sides of it. I'm like, there are some days where this is the best fucking thing ever. And there are some days where I'm like, I cannot get on a plane with a fake identity and like a different boyfriend and like just do it different. Like, because (laughs) this is so fucking hard. Having a kid is so fucking hard. I mean, one day I was like losing my mind. My daughter was very, very upset. She was screaming. She headbutted me in the face. And then 30 (laughs) minutes later, she was playing in a fountain and watching her. It was like, I've never felt such joy. It's like I compare it to living in New York. The highs are highs and the lows are low. Yes, it's harder than we thought, but we went into this knowing it would be hard. 
And so, I mean, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Like, I think a lot of the world's problems <laughs> are caused by people becoming parents who shouldn't be parents. And then they emotionally and or physically abuse their children. Uh, and then their children And then those children are humans and adults walking amongst the world who haven't dealt and with they, that horrible yes. trauma. And, and now they they're awful. To, yes. Like, because, you know, the world is, the world is bad because of trauma, right? And- being with parents who shouldn't be parents um, is one of the big traumas. And so, like, I'm amazed that you have to take a test to drive a car, but there's no test to become parents or there's no, like, required class. It's insane. It's totally insane. And the, the quickest way I feel like why being a parent, one of the many reasons why parenting is hard is because anything you haven't worked out or looked into or looked at about yourself, uh, a light is shined <laughs> on it even more so with your ch- child. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you have people pleasing issues, or if you have rage issues, or if you have patience issues, or if you have a horrible relationship with your parents, I mean, just all of it is accentuated, come to light even further by this child that you've been given. Um, and so you got to work out your own shit if you want to be a good parent. Really? I mean, really? Oh, my husband and I did couples therapy when we decided to get pregnant just, just to like preemptively do it. And then we were doing it all throughout I was pregnant, like just to do it, just to like talk through issues, talk through, okay, what's our family philosophy? It was awesome. Right. Like- you don't learn until you get there, but you're like, oh, are we those parents that like fight in front of our kids? Do we not fight in front of our kids? Do we raise our voices? Do we not raise our voices? Do we sit down to a dinner table? Do we not? What happens when the child asks if there's a God? How do you talk to your children about death? I mean, all of this shit is like big stuff that a lot of times you don't even really have these conversations. A lot of people don't have these conversations with their significant other or partner if there is a partner in this with them. Uh, in How to Raise a Person. Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. It's all you. With lightweight construction and technology that smooths, shapes, and supports, these silhouettes are designed to conform to your curves for a natural-looking fit. Experience unlined perfection with the Invisible Lift Demi Bra, a style that moves with you and is nearly undetectable under clothes. Or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Unbelievable and unforgettable, there's more to explore when it comes to Body by Victoria. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44. That's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. You need a vehicle that can meet your family's needs, and Toyota has you covered. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The Rumi Grand Highlander never makes you choose between passengers and cargo. You can fit both with ease. With three spacious rows and available seating for up to eight. And a leg room that makes even long trips comfortable. 
With Grand Highlander's available 362 horsepower hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims, you can be confident that you have the power, acceleration, and efficiency needed for almost any adventure your family can cook up. And you'll get where you're going in style with a modern, spacious cabin that's perfect for both playdates and date nights. Impressive tech upgrades take the new Grand Highlander to the next level, including a standard digital key, an available panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen. Don't just live life. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. Totally shifting gears. How was your pregnancy? Uh, I'd say 60-40, you know? <laughs> Which is about well, where you and your husband were in the pro and yeah, con. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I would say sixty good, forty. I, I, I never threw up. I don't throw up easily. Uh, I was so nauseous all the time for the first three and a half, four months, and then I got pretty bad back problems, back pain, starting at six months to where I had to like carry around a cushion, a personal cushion everywhere we went. Uh, I couldn't. Basically, I needed something to be bolstering the small of my back. You've always been a larger sized in the breast department. And then I'm sure with pregnancy and breastfeeding, that did not help any back situation. No. No. So so it was interesting because I always had big boobs, but but I wasn't unhappy with them. I wasn't. Like I always had big boobs and I and yeah, there were like pains and I and I did a song called Heavy Boobs and I joke about it. But like I never wanted a reduction or craved a reduction. When I got pregnant and started breastfeeding, I went from a mm, double, triple D to a G very fast. And and the way that my G was, it was just no shape anymore. Uh, and I have a short torso. So when you put a shapeless G on a short torso, my breasts were down to my belly button. <laughs> and I was like, I can't, I can't live my life <laughs> like this. So I had a reduction pretty soon. I mean, I had a reduction... Mm, it was it was like a year and a half after I gave birth. Wow. And it was great. How was breastfeeding? How was that journey for you? I had a very drama-free breastfeeding journey. I only ever made about four ounces. Um, and my daughter was, they were like, I took a like quiz one time. What what style of breastfeeding is your baby? And her style was called piranha. <laughs> Which is that the second she you put her on the nipple, she just went. <laughs> And so she was so hungry. So very quickly, I started supplementing with formula just because I, even at my fullest, I only ever made four ounces. But but I made, and I'm actually still lactating in my left boob. If I squeeze really hard, I can still get a drop out. It's real weird. Oh, yeah. I was with someone who will remain nameless who hasn't breastfed in like seven or eight years. And we were just like squeezing our nipples next to each other in a bathroom because I had a clog. And she just like squeezed out this like green fucking ooze. And I just was like, green. (laughs) I was like, the body is insane. The body is so weird. Ooh, green. That's interesting. Dark, deep, like kale green. Yeah, I don't know. It's like super uh, colostrum, right? I think so. How was your actual labor? I had had this thing. I, I basically had, I guess, what you'd call Braxton Hicks because every time in my last two months of pregnancy, every time I had to go to the bathroom, I'd start getting uh, cramps, like contractions. And then every time I went to the bathroom, I'd get cramps again. It was just, I think, the way the, the bladder putting pressure on my uterus. So I was getting induced. The first thing they do before they give you the pitocin is they give you a saline. They just get, they hydrate you with fluids. So what this did was it supercharged my bladder. It made me feel like I was already going into labor. Like I couldn't tell. I was like, wait, am I going into labor right now? Because they, it was filling my bladder. I kept having to, to disconnect my wires, go to the bathroom. Finally, I tried to fall asleep on a bedpan. Oh my God. They were like, try to get some, they were like, try to get some sleep before you go into labor and this was like 3 a.m. I checked in at midnight. At this point, it's 3.30 a.m. I tried to sleep. I couldn't sleep. I went up to go to the bathroom one more time and then the contractions started kicking in from the Pitocin and it felt like someone kicked me in the back. Within 20 minutes, I had the epidural. I knew I wanted the epidural. They, I came in and they were like, what's your pain goal? And I, and I was like, two. And they were like, okay, so you want to have a little pain? I was like, can I say zero? <laughs> 
Because I never, I was never one of those people who's like, no, I'm going for natural birth. My, my husband said something interesting, which is, and this is controversial, but he said that women opting for no pain relief during childbirth, it's the equivalent of guys being like, how much can you bench, bro? Yeah. There's a, there's a pride in how much pain you felt that is a way I think some women lord over other women. For me, I have a very low pain tolerance. I am not having a baby to give birth. Epidurals are wonderful. They're very effective. They're very safe and very common. So I always knew I wanted an epidural. Um, uh, the epidural was painful. I mean, I mean, I knew it. I kind of basically didn't read up on how painful an epidural was because I knew it would be painful. Um, uh, but I remember right before getting the epidural and I was in labor, I said to my husband, I'm only doing this once. <laughs> As if he was the one who pushed me to have a baby. He was like, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> and then I got the epidural. Oh, and then they put a catheter in me. Did you feel that? Oh, my God. No, I didn't. Oh, but like, were you I so relieved because relief, you didn't have to stop worrying about peeing? Relief. So oh, then I'm so happy. I fell asleep and there was a bag around my ankle filling with piss and I loved it. And my doctor woke me up to break my water. And then she woke me up again to be like, you're dilated. You need to start pushing. So I was like, ah, ah. so I like woke up to push. My labor was 20 minutes when I started actually pushing. Uh, and it, which is interesting because they say epidurals extend labor. So my doctor was like, had you not had the epidural, it might've gone even like faster, which is crazy. Um, and then my daughter was born with fluid in her lungs. And it's hard because like, I sometimes blame myself. I'm like, oh, was my labor short because I had an epidural? Did I do that to her? Did her lungs get not expressed enough fluid? And it's like, no, that this happens to babies all the time. It's a thing called TTN, which stands for transitory. It's when your baby has fluid in their lungs. And that was crazy. That's my labor. TTN, which again, what does that stand for again? I've actually never heard the, the technical medical term. Yeah, TTN. Here, I'm going to look it up right now. Transient... Tachypnea of the newborn. Oh, I see. After delivery, as a baby breathes for the first time, the lungs fill with air and more fluid is pushed out. Um, babies with TTM have just extra fluid in their lungs. Um, and it's specifically called transient because it doesn't last long and it doesn't have any effect on development. When she came out, was it obvious right away that she was having a hard time breathing and there was fluid in the lungs. Yeah. Yeah. I have it on, I actually have it on, vid it on oh video my and it's like, God, yeah. Nope. And it's like, you can tell she's going like, meh, meh. I mean, like that's my impression of a baby trying to cry. I didn't know because I had nothing to compare to, but my doctor knew instantly. Was she bluish? So purple. Oh fuck. Just, just, which I already knew she'd be. Cause like babies coming out are, pretty purple in general, but like she was like purple. Wow. How, yeah. what a wild, wild, I can't imagine just being in COVID and like having this probable, this feeling of like wanting to just get your baby out of there. Maybe if the hospital was proving, seeming like something that was like not a safe place to be in each passing <laughs> hour and day, less and less so. It was getting very stressful. So, so she was in the NICU for five days and then I had a psychiatrist at the time who has since died, which is a whole other presence of death in my life. Um, my psychiatrist knew the head of the hospital and he was like, he was like, what does your daughter have again? I was like, she has TTN. And he's like, huh, why are they keeping her? I was like, I, I guess to rule out infection. And he's like, I think they're keeping her as a formality. He's like, you need to get her, you should get her out of the hospital soon. Let me call the head of the, he knew the head of the hospital. So because my psychiatrist knew the guy who ran this hospital, I think they went to college together, um, I got her out two days sooner. Wow. Wait, speaking yeah. about your psychiatrist, this is another thing I really want to talk to you about. Yeah. So you uh, you were on medication. I'm not sure which one, but previously, before getting pregnant, yeah? Yeah, Prozac. I just want to talk to being on medication during pregnancy, during breastfeeding, and how you came to that decision, what your support team of professionals looked like, et cetera? No one ever said I should go off. I asked my psychiatrist. I asked my OBGYN. I guess if I'd maybe been on a higher dosage, I, I'm on 10 milligrams of Prozac, which is kind of the minimum 
dose. Maybe if I'd been on higher dosages, they would have talked about scaling back, but not only are SSRIs, which stand, which are antidepressants, it stands for, I believe, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Uh, not only are they, do they not affect a baby, but, but the, but the risk, the, the thing you want is for a calm mother SSRIs help that. So I was never counseled to go off the whole time. Did you feel any postpartum depression, anxiety at all, uh, considering you were dealing with also a death of a friend or was it almost too, I don't even know. I don't know. I mean, here's the thing is I, I don't, I think I had postpartum anxiety. I really, I also had like prepartum anxiety. I've always had trouble with, so I have generalized anxiety disorder, which can sometimes go into intrusive thinking, which crosses into OCD land. So during big periods of my life, whether it be good or bad, just I I will sometimes get intrusive thoughts because my brain goes to like, I don't know, my brain's in high anxiety mode. And so it goes into intrusive thoughts because that's just how my brain chemistry works sometimes. So I did have some intrusive thinking around the time I gave I had some depression, especially in my first trimester. The nausea didn't help. And then I had some heightened anxiety around the time I gave birth. And then Adam died and we were in a pandemic and I was depressed and I had a newborn. So I can't really, I can't tell you. I, it was just all really confusing. Okay. So March, 2020. So she's, she's over two now. Yeah. So she's over two. Was there ever a moment where you woke up and you felt like yourself through all of that? Like you ever were like a year and a half has gone by and you're like, I'm starting to, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Pockets. There were always pockets of that. There are always pockets of feeling like myself. I think that the journey has been integrating the two. Yeah. A part of my brain that is a mother and caring for my child feels like a completely different part of my brain than who I am as like a writer, an actor, performer, a friend even sometimes. I feel that way too. It, they're just kind of apples and oranges. And it's why like when we had moms in the crazy ex-writers room, we had like a baby room and I was like surprised they didn't bring their kids in more. But now I get it because it's two different parts of your brain almost, especially when your kids are really little. Yeah, it's it's so romanticized in my head that I always have um my my kids if I'm wor- you know I just worked on a project that it was like, you know, I was working 18-hour days for a month and of course I have my kids visit as much as possible, but I always realize it's like that's <laughs> like it's just not great because my mind is in a different place when you're working and you're in that sort of vibe and it's like there it's 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 hard when you're when you get your 30 minute lunch break and I just yeah. go into I'm like, OK, just meet me in my trailer and let me do 30 minutes of like mommying like I'm going to breastfeed her and I'm going to make him feel connection and all this shit. And it's like it's just they are two different parts of my being in a way they function differently. And to sort of cram one into the other is probably why your writers weren't bringing them in the room more. Yeah, you just it's just two different it's just, it's two different things. And I think I'm slowly integrating the part of myself. I also was isolated for, for a year because of COVID. So like I very, again, like I can only talk about my experience as I had it. I'd be interested in the parallel universe where COVID didn't happen, what it was like for me, because when everyone locked down, I was locked down with a baby And no one really met her. People would come to our front yard and see her outside. But but like most people didn't meet her until she was over a year. And in fact, there was just, um, oh, she was a a flower girl at my friend's wedding. And it was the first time some people met her. And that finally almost felt like a coming out party (laughs) of like, hey, everyone, I have a kid now. (laughs) Like it felt like I went into hibernation and came out with a kid. So- I'm slowly integrating those two parts of of myself. And it's because they're just they're just two different things.
Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. It's all you. With lightweight construction and technology that smooths, shapes, and supports, these silhouettes are designed to conform to your curves for a natural-looking fit. Experience unlined perfection with the Invisible Lift Demi Bra, a style that moves with you and is nearly undetectable under clothes. Or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Unbelievable and unforgettable, there's more to explore when it comes to Body by Victoria. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44. That's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. You need a vehicle that can meet your family's needs, and Toyota has you covered. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The Rumi Grand Highlander never makes you choose between passengers and cargo. You can fit both with ease. With three spacious rows and available seating for up to eight. And a leg room that makes even long trips comfortable. With Grand Highlander's available 362 horsepower hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims, you can be confident that you have the power, acceleration, and efficiency needed for almost any adventure your family can cook up. And you'll get where you're going in style with a modern, spacious cabin that's perfect for both playdates and date nights. Impressive tech upgrades take the new Grand Highlander to the next level, including a standard digital key, an available panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen. Don't just live life. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. Were you right in the in the uh, in when you were giving birth to your daughter and you said this is the only time I'm doing this? Do you still feel that way? Yeah, yeah. I think we're a one and done situation. I mean, I could be wrong, but for numerous reasons, I think the best version of our family is having one. Um, part of the way I sold my husband on it is like, let's do this one time. Let's have this beautiful one time experience. And then aside from everything else, I got to say. The circumstances of her birth, through no fault of hers, were fucking traumatic. And I don't really want to go through that again. I think it would be reliving some trauma in a way. But but aside from everything, I think we're a one and done. And I was an only child, so that's a template I know. And she's the best. I love her. We're wrapping up, but I really want to talk to you because my mom, I read something that you your mom made you play an instrument. I believe there was something in your house of like Mozart saying, you'll thank me one day kid or something. Oh my God. Like, yes. I, I don't know where you read that, but yes, we had. Yes. And you, yes. you know, we pick and choose whatever things we were raised with that we agree or disagree or pass on or don't. But one of the things you are passing on is that you would like your daughter to play an instrument. It doesn't matter which one, but she's got to play something. And yeah. my mom made me play piano till I was 18. Oh, my God. We used to fucking fight Rachel fucking hem and haw. Like, please, every single fucking day. Joe, I mean, not every day. Every Tuesday for fucking 13 years, Joe comes over at 530 is me. At 6 o'clock was my brother. And she fucking forced us. And I have to say, I'm so you are right. You win. Yeah. Your mom wins. My mom wins. 
I don't know what else better I thought I would be doing with that time that I have like a nice parlor trick in my back pocket that I can fucking play a piano and I can read a note and like I have that other language and I have that as it's such a gift. I wish she had done the same it's thing so with the cool. language, to be honest. I wait, like, you know what I mean? Like now I'm like, shit. I know. I feel a little guilty. I thought, oh, I'll raise her bilingual or whatever. No, we're all just speaking English. So are you <laughs> hoping for a instrument or do you really not care? I don't care. She really likes playing our piano. We have two pianos in the house. She loves playing them. I got to say, she's already matching pitch. If I sing a song, she's already singing. I so are my kids. And let me tell you, I was fucking relieved. I think that's it's, genetic. I yeah. Also, someone will remain nameless on Scandal, but we were a big singing cast on Scandal. It's so funny because it's such a fucking dramatic show. But as soon as they would call cut on any single role, we were all singing at all times. Yeah. And my favorite, one of my favorite people on the show is incredibly tone deaf, like for real, like cannot <laughs> hit a note that anyone around them is singing. It's insane. And I'm I'm feeling, I felt really great when I sing a song or my husband sings a song and our son can just match whether we modulate or whatever. He's like there. Aren't we relieved? Yeah. Oh my God, I'm so relieved. It, one of the potential names, this isn't her name, but one of the potential names we had for at one point was Melody. And then my Aline pointed out, she's like, that is just asking for a child to be tone deaf. It really, really so I was is. Like, You're right. I'm not going to curse her with that. But she loves that. And then we have a little toy guitar she loves playing. So I'm fine with whatever. Why is it so important to you that she does play something? I think what you're saying is it's just like a skill that you can always have. I think it helps you. Music is another language. And I think it's a very important language. And to just be keyed into what that language is. I think it extends to so many other things in life. And then you can like bust out, you know, good riddance at a party. Hell yeah. Walking in Memphis or some shit. That's my husband's yeah. always go-to. Um, okay, very quickly, where does religion come to play in your household? Uh, well, uh, I want her to I'm know- I'm of the age five- where the uh, kid is like asking lots of cues. <laughs> I mean, I want her to know 5% more than I do. I want her to do the holidays. I want her to understand the culture because my husband and I are both Jewish. And, but it's, but it's a cultural thing. Got it. Yeah. It's a cultural tradition. You want to give her traditions that you enjoyed and loved and partook. And, and would like to actually know more about. It. I was raised pretty secular, to be honest. So I think there's a, there's a happy medium between how I was raised, which is like, I mean, I, I don't regret it, but I dropped out of Hebrew school when I was around eight because I wanted to do theater on the weekends. So I wasn't bar mitzvah. So I was raised very secular. My husband was raised, he would say, conservadox. He went to yeshiva until he was 13. Wow. He kept kosher until wow. college. Wow, wow. He wrapped, you know, he prayed every day. He wrapped to fill in. So some, some, some medium, and, and, he, and he would say technically conservative, but compared to I think Los Angeles Jews, it's technically like conservadox, but like they call it conservative, but like also he's rapping to fill in. Um, so I think the happy medium between those things. Breastfeeding in public. Did you, don't you, did you care? Oh my God. I have a little bal- I have a balcony at my house that overlooks the entire street. The amount of people who must have seen my tits had they just looked up. I don't care. I You're such an exhibitionist. You just are. Have you always been? I just don't. Uh, and, well, I don't go around showing my tits normally, although I did go topless at Radio City Music Hall, so I guess I am. Um, but no, I just, it's just, if you're breastfeeding, it's how your kid is fucking eating. It's just, they're not sexual objects anymore. It's like, this is, this is my kid's faucet. Fuck you. <laughs> and, fu- and fuck you for not being able to control your fucking boner. Cause that's what it is. Oh, yeah, it's your I'm, fucking problem. It's not my fucking problem. It's not my problem. It's not my problem that you're such a monster that you can't control your fucking boner around me doing with my breasts what they're like naturally supposed to be doing. Like, like it's control your boner because I'm feeding my baby, you weirdo. <laughs> I'm so grateful that you made time to come on Katie's Crib. I'm so interested to hear about the project and your show you're working on for yeah, all I'm of us put my to email, see. I'm going to put my email in the chat to you right now. Okay, great. I want everyone to listen and look out for whatever you're working on that is about 
the cyclical nature of life and death and motherhood. Yeah, check it out. It's like a live show I'm doing in Oh, a, it's in a LA. live show? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like a live special I'm working on. When is that? Uh, it goes up. I've been putting it up at this theater, Dynasty Typewriter. So it goes up next uh, July 17th, and then it'll go up again uh, in August, and then again in September, and I've just been kind of doing it. Non-negotiable. Must come. Everyone listening, if you're listening and this airs at that time, everyone must go. Um, Finish this sentence, Rachel Bloom. Parenthood is? Parenthood is living in New York City. The highs are highs and the lows are low. Brilliant answer. We've never had it. Makes perfect sense to me. Um, Thank you so much for coming on Katie's Crib. This was such a joy. And I hope you have a wonderful... Uh, time putting your kid down tonight and on your family dog walk. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, guys. Wow. We did it. That's it. That's our last episode of season five. Thank you to all my awesome guests this season for being so brave and for sharing your personal experiences and advice. And always thank you, listeners, for subscribing and spreading the word about Katie's Crib. Yes, the season may be ending, but don't you worry. Season six, woo-woo, will be coming at you in 2023. There's so many more topics to explore and share. And in the meantime, be sure to email me the names of guests that you want to hear from or topics that you'd like me to talk about. You can always reach me at katiescrib at shondaland.com. Oh, make sure you also subscribe to the show so that you'll be the first to know when season six is returning. And of course, if you haven't done so already... Follow Katie's Crib on Instagram and Twitter. We'll be dropping news there, too, for when the new season drops. Until then, see you all in season six. I love you. Katie's Crib is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation features lightweight construction that provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. Experience unlined perfection with the nearly undetectable Invisible Lift Demi Bra, or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44, that's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep.